Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Yeah, there's there's a handful of things. <laughs> there's there you know, I did a podcast this morning and I pretty much laid out all the potential options and 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 it's a lot and we'll cover a few, right? It, it's not necessarily just choosing your wholesale pricing. You got to have it. But what's within that, right? It's not just a price, right? It's not just 50% off of, of retail. You need to think through that long-term strategy. Where do you really want to take this? Do you want to be in Walgreens? Fantastic. That's a different discussion. Uh, if you're like, hey, you know, not really, but I do want to be in a ton of independent retailers because that's kind of my brand. Fantastic. That's a different version as well. You're trying to think through what's the volume that you can expect on average, right? Because you might want to have volume-based discounts. This is very common when I was a retailer, right? Um, zero to a hundred, you're paying 10 bucks. 101 to 250, you're paying 950. You need to think through that, right? This is why coming into your wholesale pricing and having enough margin is incredibly important. If you get this too low, you run the risk of a very large regional retailer, as an example, coming in and say, hey, we want to buy a thousand units, it's a ton of money. You're super excited, but the price we're willing to pay is X. Well, one, you're a small brand compared to a massive re regional retailer. So they have the power in this power dynamic situation. So it's pretty much like either accept it or don't. And you don't want to find yourself in a weird position where you go, I could accept it and get the cash flow. But the issue is, I'm not going to make any money. And by the way, they're probably going to want net 30, net 60, net 90. So now you got to cover the cash flow within that period of time. That's a problem, right? So we want to think through like, are you really positioned and ready for going B2B? So I, I tend to recommend like the, the average benchmark and every industry is different. Luxury tends to have much higher markups and margins, but 40 to 60% is very common in B2B um, as, as a margin. So I would say, try to be a little bit on the higher end there, either through reducing COGS or getting your, your retail price in a, in a good, good spot there. And obviously that that's a lot of strategy there as well. The point here is you want to be able to have a flexible pricing structure that makes sense for most retailers. Cause you don't want to have a million dollar contract on the line and not be able to take it simply because the pricing doesn't make sense. And I'm, I, I've talked to enough brands that listen, like I talked to one the other day where they had a massive grocery chain come in and negotiate. And she's like, I'm, I'm taking that money. <laughs> like it's, Overnight, there were 75% of their wholesale B2B orders. I mean, that's huge. And like, of course, they want net terms and you know, special discounted pricing because the volumes that they're going to pull, right? You're talking about going from an average of, let's say, 250 units B2B wholesale order to 1,000. I mean, it doesn't seem yeah, like that big of a leap, huge. but it, it can, can be. be. Sometimes containers full of products. Yes. Um, Pallets, man. straight from your supplier, which is- Correct. It's- huge you know yeah. one of my clients has a um a deal with a distributor and um in another country and that distributor gotcha. orders straight from there they're one of the yep. major distributors for their line of products 
um, in in all of Europe, and that distributor just orders straight from their um, their supplier. Yeah, so right. <laughs> you just get a check. Like it's just like yeah, sure. <laughs> stupid money, right? So now yeah. you know they're starting to compare their what they sold on Amazon with what they were able to do in wholesale. And it's just, it's like 80, 20. And they're like, for all the extra work that Amazon is compared to the work that we had to do to get in with sure. this distributor, like it's a lot of work up front, right? Like yeah. you're talking about <laughs> with your pricing and with getting everything ready. Yeah. But now once they get that, that pipeline going and they can keep it filled up, it's yeah. like mailbox money. It's stupid, right? Sure, sure. And a lot of the brands we've talked to so all the brands we've talked to are direct to consumer, but they also happen to directly sell wholesale to retailers. That's like our sweet spot with the new product we're working on. Um, you tend to see a process and systems issue as well, right? So, you know, Amazon, you know, direct to consumer, you get that figured out, you're good. Wholesale is a little different, right? So we already talked about, you got to figure out pricing and, and make a few decisions there, but the process for a retailer to pay you money oftentimes gets overlooked. There's so much friction, right? Listen, I've been a retailer, a small online retailer, um, buying directly from brands. Every brand was different. And that was a problem because I would forget, to be honest, like, I don't even know if like my pricing is up to date, that this is an issue. Right. And so some I'm like, oh, that's right. I have to call you and give you my credit card number to place an order. This other one, I have to e-fax them. This other one, there's a web portal. And so it becomes a problem, right? The simple fact is you are in competition with other brands that that retailer could carry. Mm -hmm. So which one do they prefer? Assuming profits and all that stuff is, is equal, they prefer the one that has great communication, that has a very clear process and structure in place for placing orders to where there is no guessing. There is no, I know your price sheet says 20 bucks, but we negotiated an extra 10% off. Where do I see that? Oh, we're just going to remember. Okay. I hope you're, you don't miss a day. And then you, your team member doesn't apply that for me. Now we got to go back and forth. Now we're risking potentially the relationship itself. Yeah. There's a whole lot here, right? Like you can, you can see, I mean, do you want to accept net terms? Can you afford to, is it net 30 net 60 net 90? What makes sense here? Right. When do you, when don't you, are you going to run credit checks? Great. How are you going to do that? Right. How are you invoicing? Cause you're not just getting an order. You're getting a purchase order. You got to convert that over to an invoice and that's going to come back and get paid. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to work on with the new product is streamlining that process. So it is standard <laughs> and it's just way easier. I mean, uh, listen, placing a, a B2B order should be just as simple as placing a direct to consumer order. If I'm on Shopify, it should feel the exact same as if I'm on Vendrive placing an order. And that's kind of what we're looking at here, right? We're trying to say, listen, if you already have, you know, the relationships and wholesale in place, that's fantastic. Come on board. We'll streamline things for you. But if you're brand new, we have a little bit of opinions built in so that it is much more clear cut and you don't have to worry about it as much because there is yeah. a lot to manage making it oh yeah definitely i mean what we do when we get wholesale orders we just manually invoice in quickbooks right um, and that's and like very you common said, it's going to be getting those repeat orders and remembering to follow up and yeah. all of that is um it it isn't easy you know it's a no. process <laughs> So yeah, I think um, making it easier is good. There are, um, I know you guys are working on a product where mm -hmm. you're building a wholesale side of Shopify so that people can uh, basically take B2B wholesale orders on their Shopify, which is really, really powerful. So I not had... necessarily, um, sorry to cut you off, not necessarily no, but... on Shopify. So basically, you know, we're, we're 
Shopify is just an assumed thing for direct to consumer, right? If you're going to go build your e-commerce site, you're using Shopify. We yeah. want to build the, the B2B version of that. So it's oh, okay. its own application. It's its own whole thing. And so there's, it's, it's a platform really. And so there's two hemispheres. One hemisphere is the platform where you're able to manage your current relationships. Your retailers are able to see pricing specific to them. If there is volume discounts, if you've pre-negotiated anything, they can see inventory levels in real time if you have that connected as well, right? So that side, we're trying to reduce the friction of them placing a wholesale order while also reducing the friction for you to process it, right? So we'll integrate with QuickBooks as an example. So, you know, a workflow here would be, you would receive a wholesale order, you would review it and say, this all looks good to me, approve it, create the invoice. And then that could be automatically sent over and, and handled uh, in QuickBooks if you wanted. We're actually doing payment processing uh, on platform. The second part there is how do you find retailers? This is a, listen, this is a major, major yes, hurdle. Let's talk about that. Okay. Because, so what I do right now mm -hmm. is um, I have a wholesale um, section of my website, yep. right? You, <laughs> Everybody in, you can create an account, all yeah. of that. But most retailers that I work with don't use that. Like they, right. they prefer to not have an account somewhere that they have to manage, right? Yep. They prefer to just you invoice, you follow up with me. It's all good. Yeah. Right. So what we've actually found, um, to work really, really well, but there's, there's a, there's a kind of, a either use a platform like fair where, sure. um, where there's a lot of retailers that are already looking for you and they can, yeah. they can place an order right on platform. They can yep. find you and place an order right on platform, but a lot of retailers are not on fair. Absolutely. So then that's when that outreach comes in and you have to like find those things. Sure. So um, we use a system where we um, search, uh, we scrape different platforms, right? Yep. We look at like Yelp for local businesses, that sure. kind of thing. Uh, and then we have this database called AnyBiz that has okay. over 15 million businesses in it. Nice. And we can search for um, various uh, types of retailers around the world. Perfect. And then it actually sends email campaigns out. Nice. Um, okay. Still, you still have to follow up. You still have to do that. Yeah. So I would love to hear how you guys are sure. finding the buyers. Sure. So this is interesting. This is Hemisphere 2. So this is a marketplace. You mentioned FAIR. FAIR is going to be one of our competitors. So FAIR is very similar to Amazon. Uh, the, cu the customers, the retailers on fair or fairs customers, not your customers, hence why they charge commission, right? That commission eats into your margins, right? We already talked about margins already being slightly tight. We're not taking that approach here. So we're fundamentally against commission. We're saying, Hey, that's not the case here. What we are instead doing is a, is a, like a Slack model, if you will. Right. So it's based on active retailers. And so we, we, you know, like Shopify, you don't say, Hey, go to my Shopify site and buy my things. It, talking to an uh, end consumer, you say, go to my site. We want Ben drive to be that as well. We want you to say, buy directly from me. So a lot of the brands we've talked about, will say you can buy directly from me or you can buy on fair. What we want to say is you can, you know, when you say buy directly from me, you're actually talking about the Ben drive platform. Right. So there's some white labeling going so it's on. It's like here. you're the Shopify of Correct. You know, or exactly. you're the WordPress of Correct. We're the platform. Exactly. Now we do have a marketplace. I think this is important. A lot of the brands we talk to when we ask them how do they go about finding retailers, they're like, I kind of Google. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but here's the thing: a lot of retailers don't have websites. Massive ones do, but that's you know, you're not gonna just 
go to walgreens.com and be like, Hey, I'd like to talk to you guys. And they have a completely different process. Right. So you have good inbound on sites like fair because retailers are trying to find you what, when we looked at the data after talking with like 300, uh, brands is you have a lot of first orders, but hardly any recurring second, third, yes. fourth, fifth orders and the order volumes as well. Low. And here's, here's the interesting bit. I, I would ask you, okay, so how much is your average cart total, if you will, for direct versus fair, dramatically different. We're talking like 1500 bucks, 150 bucks. Okay. That's not a, that's not a wholesale order. 150 bucks is not a wholesale order. That's just a very large bulk in retail discounted order. Right? right? So we don't have that incentive because we don't make money based on commission. We don't need you to lower to increase sales. Don't need it to, I don't really care. So what we're saying is we charge based on active retailers. So if you work with 300 retailers, retailers in a year, but only 20 of them tend to place an order every single month, we only charge you for the 20. So now we're incentivized to say, Hey, you tend to place an order every month, but it's been three months. Maybe you should place a restock order here. Right? So you mentioned retailers don't want to have an account. Let me explain that. Cause I I've been there. <laughs> they don't want to have 1500 accounts. <laughs> this is the problem yeah. because you're like, what was that login? Oh my gosh. Was it this way? We are structuring bin drive so that a retailer has a retailer account. There's a retailer side and a supplier side or a brand. A retailer can have connections just like a supplier can. So a so retailer can kind of like fair where they have that account and they're Right. They're able to then search and they're able to pay right there and they don't have to worry Correct. about it. And yeah. So, but okay. we have connections. But here's the interesting bit. Fair says you, you're taking the order, right? Unless you can, unless you're going to cancel it, like you you don't, there's no relationship. It's purely transactional. But you know as well as I do, B2B is relationship-based. It's not transactional based. So for us, we said, okay, there needs to be a layer where you both opt in. Just because somebody's willing to give you money doesn't necessarily mean it's good. This is a lot of what we heard with, with the fair people we talked with, where they're like, yeah, I'm getting orders, but it's like going to a farm. I sell things that are not farm related. They're just buying it in bulk, right? It's not wholesale. I'm not really helping my brand. So for us, we say, okay, a retailer can find a brand, but a retailer, I'm sorry, a brand can also find a retailer. So it's very difficult for a brand to proactively go find new retailers to have conversations with and start, start a relationship with. It's easier for a retailer to find brands all day long, right? I can just go on Amazon and find brands, but do the inverse. Hence why yeah, you have to scrape so much difficult. data. Like yeah. we reach out on LinkedIn, we do different Correct. things, you know, you make phone calls, but you have to find the right person who's going to be interested, you know, so it's, it is very difficult. But what if on the platform you go and you find a retailer and you know, the types of retailers that your brand and products do very well with, it could be a certain category, a certain size, certain geographical location, and you can go and search and find as many of those as you can that are on the platform. And you reach out to the person who's in charge of that. <laughs> it's, it's no longer about trying to use hunter.io to find the right email address and, 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 you know, hack in LinkedIn to figure out who's in charge here. The person who's running wholesale is running that account. And so what's great is you get to reach out and say, Hey, I'd like to request to connect a connection. Once you both agree, means you have a relationship now and it can be severed at any point. Right? So if things go wrong, you'd be like, Hey, like, this is not good. You can no longer buy from me, but you get to reach out. And so there's this interesting problem where when you're getting started, especially as a smaller brand and you're wanting to go, wanting to go B2B wholesale, 
you don't have enough brand recognition yet to have retailers search for you. They might be yeah. looking for products like yours, but we want them to look for your brand, your products. That's different. But how do you get there? It's a lot of outbound. To be honest, it's a lot of sales. When I talk to brands, they're like, I hit up the trade shows. I do sales. I hired a salesperson to do it, right? But what if you could just sit down and have a straightforward process where you can say, I know what does well, what kind of retailers we work with that, that has super high throughput, all that stuff, and just go find more and start having great conversations. And eventually over time, they start to find you as well because you've built up that brand recognition. Here's what's interesting as a second order effect. You do that enough with the small to medium retailers large box retailers start to take notice. Yeah, because you're and, getting traffic right. in your store that yeah. they're not getting because yes. they have interesting products. That's the reason that they all hate Amazon <laughs> because <laughs> right. there's so many cool products yeah. and that are not available in their stores. Correct. And the brands that are on Amazon are not big enough to sell in their stores and are not set yeah. up to sell in their stores. So that's, it's really interesting. So- yeah. You're still in beta. <laughs> <laughs> we are, yes. You know, we can, I love your passion about this platform. And I yep, think yep. That a lot of our listeners are going to be excited about checking it out when it comes. Yeah. But what is your advice for, you know, we're, we're almost at our hour today. What's sure. your advice for folks right now, where they're at, um, about getting getting started in that B2B uh, relationship? Yep. Like what do they need to do? So when your platform is up and operational and great, yeah. what do they need to do? What are some DIY methods for sure. getting started and getting moving in um, selling your products B2B? Yeah, there, there's three major pillars in my mind that, that really will set you up for success and that don't need to be perfect, but need to be at least somewhat thought of one is, is your pricing strategy, right? This, this is like fundamental. If you get this wrong, a lot of second order things start to go wrong as well. Right. You, you don't want to find yourself saying, oh, this is an incredible opportunity. I want to go that route. It sounds fantastic. And then realize you just don't have the margin for it. It's not going to work. Right. So if you're, if you have a current product line and you want to make wholesale work there, great. Start there and see if you can make it work. If not, unfortunately you might either need to raise your price, which you might have needed to do for a while anyways, lower your cogs. Maybe you are paying too much. It's always a good conversation to have and to think through, um, or launching new products that are a little bit more tailored to be able to go. So here, a second, you know, kind of strategy here is you have wholesale items that are really meant for branding to get people to like your brand, to then search your other things and then buy your other things directly to you as an in consumer. Right. So you have a lot of opportunity here, but I think you need to get it right. You need to think it through. Right. And it's not just the price it's recommended MSRP. Do you want to have something like a map? If you're, you know, um, at well, anywhere really map is applicable, but you know, that makes sense. If you want to have volume-based discounts, cause you anticipate being able to sell a thousand units a month to a retailer. Great. Think that through and you don't have to get it perfect, but think it through. And there's a lot of different methods here, but there's no need to make it super complex. You know, dual pricing is very simple, right? I, this is why we, we charge for retail across the board, whether you're buying it from me or one of my retailers. And this is why I charge for wholesale and it all makes sense where, you know, everybody's getting enough margin. Number two is really the systems. You need to think through how are you going to receive a order? What you don't want to have happen is a retailer get excited that you you sourced yourself and say, great, how do I how do I submit an order? You go, um, send me an email, right? It's like, 
it, it, you know, it can work, but listen, you're stepping into a different world now. This is not just Amazon. This is, you're talking to professionals now, you, you, right? So like every interaction is a reflection of you and your brand that you're building. And you got to think through that, right? Because if, if that retailer is like, eh, it wasn't really that good of an experience, it seemed kind of risky. Well, maybe they're not going to come back. And that becomes a, a massive blow one to, you know, what you've been working on, but to the business itself. So you want to think through how do I make this easy as possible and role play it, right? Set up a, a, a simple process to be like, okay, if I was a retailer, I go to pay me money or, or, you know, submit a PO. What does that look like for me? How many steps am I having to do? And let's work to reduce that. And obviously you're going to do a basic beta, if you will, and you're going to launch that and you're going to say, okay, retailers that I found, you can submit orders. And then you have feedback with them. Hey, what did you like about the process? What did you hate? What was too time consuming, right? You got to think through all these things. And then the third one is really thinking through how you're finding retailers, right? You got to go get them. <laughs> you know, it's sales 101. It's not the sexiest thing, but if you want to jumpstart that, you're going to have to put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to find retailers. It, it does take time. And it's not just get a retailer. You're trying to find the right types of retailers, right? You don't want hundreds of retailers that place one order and then never come back. That's not how you build a sustainable business. And that's what we're seeing a lot on with the brands that we've talked about with some of these marketplaces. They're like, I get a ton of orders, but if I look at the second and third, they don't exist. I'm like, great. That's not a relationship. You right. Cause now you're constantly have to find new retailers instead. It's kind of like a portfolio, right? You really want to build a nice relationship with a handful of retailers that are consistent. And that's Cash why we love king. Amazon because sales are consistent. Yes. So if we want to have the consistency off of Amazon, we have to work towards that. And I love what you 1, said about like, think all the way through the process. Okay. Someone wants to make a wholesale order for me today what the heck do I do, right? Where right. <laughs> inventory located? Yeah. How do I even invoice for that? How do I collect a credit card payment? What if they ask you for net 30? Huh? Right. <laughs> what, what if they ask you for net 30? Are you going to be like, oh, let me figure that out? Or, hey, actually, we don't do that, right? You got to think these things through. Um, you know, I was talking to that, that retailer or the brand I was talking about earlier where they had a massive regional brand or retailer come through place a huge order and they want net 60. And she's like, one cash flow is going to be tough Two inventory. That's dramatically more than like they doubled basically the volume she moves. And she's like, I don't even have that right now. And this like in COVID, right? So like logistics, supply chain issues exist. Yeah. And she's like, but this is my only shot. I'm making this relationship work. Yeah. Right. So if you can foresee some of those pitfalls, you can put things in line, like the, you know, having a cash flow buffer, you know, slowly starting to increase Finding your inventory levels. That can help you, yeah, right? Finance exactly. those orders so that you can exactly still, like think through what if I got an order? It's actually, yeah. we got an order from Walmart on the shelf and we couldn't, we could not fulfill it because it was too much for our logistics yeah. team. Like we were not set up to right. keep this shelf stocked. So that was the thing is they really wanted us to like stay in and keep visiting and keep this yeah. the shelves stocked. And I was like, huge opportunity, but we're not ready for right. that. Right. Exactly. We would have to change a lot of our supply chain. We'd have to change the way we handle logistics. And so, you know, for us, the smaller retailers are better because we can, we can fulfill small bulk orders. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but then that, allowed us the opportunity to really think through, okay, when we grow to this level, 
what does that even look like? Yeah, you know, right. and how, what would we need to change in order to fulfill a container load, especially right. <laughs> one of our products that's partially made in the USA, partially made in China, our packaging comes from somewhere else. It's like, yeah, ay, 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 you know, right. a lot, we have to change all of our operations, move everything over to our factory in, in Dallas, Texas, and get yeah. all that going. Right. So I love what you the example you gave of think all the way through it run yep. a beta, get it going, start small, get moving, think about your pricing strategy first. What do your quotes look like? All of that. Okay. And um, then start making your first sales, right? And yeah, get, pretty much. Reaching <laughs> out, But you sometimes only get one chance to make that first impression. So yep. you want to think all the way through this before you go ahead and start. Yep. Dylan, it's been so great having you on today. I'm so stoked about what you guys are working on um in this unique um market an yeah. opportunity and i love that you've thought all the way through this and you really thought what is going to make you different from the fairs of the world sure. you know and, and those types of things and i think that you've nailed it um and I hope I, so. <laughs> i'm excited to see where it goes um yeah. so tell everybody uh how can they find you how can they check follow this opportunity that Ben Drive is building um tell everybody how they do that yeah so if you're if you are a reseller by happenstance come check us out at goora.com that's g-o-a-u-r-a.com um for for the wholesale side it's just vendrive b-e-n-d-r-i-v-e.com um new site is launched you can't join quite yet um basically what we're doing is we're in closed beta with uh, a handful of brands that we've been having beta tests as we've been building out prototypes um but we have a public launch date for 2222 so in February, early February, we'll be going live uh, where any brand, any retailer is able to jump in. And that's when we'll really start pushing for attraction. So yeah, you, you know, just keep a, keep an eye out. We don't have a form for you to sign right now, but keep an eye out on vendrive.com. Uh, we'll, we'll do a big push, of course, um, on 2222. Amazing. And we'll have to have you back on the show yeah. after you get that going. But your advice today has been incredible for brands. I think that all of us, you know, we want to make more sales, um, especially where a lot of us are trying to get all of our eggs out of the Amazon basket. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> I love that, um, that you're offering this opportunity and that you've given us a lot of great advice and some things to think about so that we can be more ready to do that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, anything else, any other piece I love to ask what is your, your, um, we always ask at the, at the end of our shows, what is keeping you motivated right now? So are you listening to Ooh. any podcasts? Did you read a book recently that was just like aha moments? Yeah. Um, interesting. I read like it's going out of style. It, it's actually a, a spending problem because <laughs> it's like just books arriving. You know, the biggest thing that's been helpful for me is, is building the right routine. So I'm going through a flow course right now. So Stephen Kotler talks a lot about flow. Um, Mihai Chixi Mihai was, was a researcher and, and discovered the, the flow and flow of just being like in the zone. So he has this incredible course and a lot of it's related to flow, but a lot of it also covers like productivity and, and good habits. And so one of the things that they talk about is the, um, the motivation stack. And so basically what you're doing 
is you're taking your MTP, which is a massively transformative purpose. This is like, if I can do this in my lifetime, holy crap, life is amazing, massive. Then you break that down into a high hard goal, which is like within the next five to 10 years, right? So you're reverse engineering from a very high level. And so my process there is each week, um, each month, each, each year, I set another layer here. And then I'm trying to make sure that my weekly goals basically link all the way up. So I know that I'm on the right path, even when it's tough, you know, listen, we're all in business. It's tough at times, but it's nice to know that I'm not just working for today. I'm working towards this incredibly massively transformative purpose. Um, that gets me super fired up. Yeah. Which research has shown if your goals aren't big enough, you're just going to procrastinate. So I Rex. love what yep. I do is a, um, is a best year ever exercise every year. Okay. Every year nice. I look at, okay, what would make this the best year ever yep. and really think through that on a personal and business and, and, you know, growth yep. level. And then I work backwards from that and I yeah. set up my goals and then I do month, quarterly planning, monthly planning, yep. um, weekly planning, and even nice. daily planning. Yeah. Uh, to get things moving. So I love that. I'm going to yeah. definitely look that up. What was that called? The, the program that you're going through? Uh, it's called zero, zero to dangerous. Zero to dangerous. It's per, it's like eight weeks. So it's like very intense, oh, okay. uh, I like but it's great. It's been insane like it. actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It, it goes super in depth on a lot of things like burnout, um, proofing, um, you know, it goes a lot over, you know, positive psychology basics. Like it covers it quite a bit. So it's, it's pretty cool. I love it. Anything that yeah. challenges your thought process and your goals, I think is Ooh. a really positive, awesome thing. All yeah. right, everyone. Thank you, Dylan, for being here. Thank you all for being here on the show. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. And we will see you guys next time on the Seller Roundtable. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.